Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to a mouthful of burrito. That's all you got, huh? everybody and welcome to Motorcycle and Misfits. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage, Sunny, Santa Cruz, California, USA. Who is in the heist tonight? Who is in the heist tonight? Tell me, darling. In the heist tonight? You got me. It's Liza. <laughs> wiggy, wiggy, whack. Wait, what? <laughs> 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 and running the board tonight. Hello, Governor. I'm here too. Wacky, wacky wig. It's Stumpy John. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, cool, blimey. It's like being at home, isn't it, eh? Hello, darlings. Of course, and those are the sultry tones of Miss Emma. Oh, thank you, darling. I'm, I'm simply thrilled to be here. Simply thrilled. And also... Riding the couch tonight, I think for the first time. It's like, you know, people who like never let their dogs on the bed and then like the one day they do. And it's like, you're, they're like, those dogs are in heaven. They're like, oh, I made it on the bed. It's Charlie. Yeah. You know, when you people leave the room, there's less pretty people in the room. So I made it onto the pretty couch. because oh, I'm the Charlie. Boy. This is the classy girl couch. I'm a pretty boy. Okay. Yes, you are I'm a pretty, pretty boy. Yes, with your pretty haircut. It's just a yep. damn shame your head is so misshapen. It makes yeah. that haircut look it's weird. It's I gave him the haircut. It's, that's the problem, is he keeps saying, hey, I think I messed up the haircut. Then I go in there and I make it worse. <laughs> yeah, Micah does the clippers and she like does a spot and she's like, oh. No, I think <laughs> Micah. He looks at he. He kind of looks like GI Joe. It's because it's grown in a little bit. There was a little bit where I was like, "Uh, don't turn around for a minute." Oh, okay. We were not originally going this short. <laughs> Charlie, you look dashing and handsome. He does, doesn't he? Uh, and then you heard uh, doing the attempt to do an intro. It's Micah. Yo, yo, wiki, wiki. There you go. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's favorite ginger, also looking dashing and handsome. It's Bagel. It is I, Bagel, planter of cherry trees. Oh, really? Ooh. Is that what you've been doing? <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't Planted even a think... a cherry tree today. And you're going to chop it down and cannot tell a lie. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm going to let it grow. Oh, I see. Well, then yeah, you can tell please. a lie and say you chopped it down. How about that? Well, I could do that, yeah. I'm on a cherry tree. But you know what? Um, oh. I don't know what kind of weather you're having up there, but you don't want to be planting no trees today because they're going to be coming down. I heard. Yeah. John, you had to run home, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, the power's off, so I had to go put the generator on. That's a problem oh, wow. living up in the in the woods. That's exactly right. <laughs> Get a little bit of wind and you lose your power. What, what make is your generator, John? What make is that? Is that a Honda? That no, it's a Chinese Ching Ching. Oh, okay. Shin Shin Dieselmatic. It's a Zhong Shu. Yeah, exactly. Okay, very good. Does it work well, though? It does work well. Okay, very good. That's all that matters. Yeah. Don't try to get anybody to fix it, though. Yeah. Well, Nobody will touch it. Well, therein lies the problem. It's yeah. always spare parts and it's having people fix them. Yep. Well, and speaking of fixing, we did a little, well, actually the opposite of fixing today. We did an autopsy. Post-mortem? An autopsy on an engine. <laughs> <laughs> Poor engine. So, and I want to go back and just... Uh, God, this was years ago. I think like eight, nine years ago. Um, 
when my XS750 triple, my, my pretty bike that I, I, that I built, and um, I had rebuilt that engine. And for me, it was the first time I had gone deeper than just the top end. And splitting the case is kind of scary, especially when you get down in all those gears and transmission. There's so much stuff you have to remove. And I remember it had a, um, that I had to check the, the cranks and there was one of the crank bearings had play in it. And so I had to put in, and maybe you know what it's called. What's that? That putty you put in there, and then you tighten the crank down, and then the JB you, weld. you measure that putty, <laughs> and it tells you <laughs> crazy, crazy glue, and it tells you what size you're, bearing order. Am I right? Th- you're thinking of plastic gauge. Yes, plastic gauge. Yes. Yeah, that was the first time I ever used that, and and had to put in new bearings, and you know, uh, that was kind of a. A big deal for me. That was the second engine I'd rebuilt, and it was the second engine that blew up on me after I rebuilt it. But that's okay. Um, And so I was riding it up to San Francisco doing like 80 on the freeway with uh, Doug and Megan at the time and started to lose power. And I know when you start to lose power, like and you're given gas and there's nothing there, pulling the clutch, get over as soon as you can. And then sure enough, bang. Like it was, there was like, yeah, it was done. It was done. And since I had spent so much time rebuilding it, I was like, I don't even want to, I just, I set it aside and bought a new engine on eBay. Sometimes it's cheaper to just buy a $500 engine. And I'm sure you were crushed, Liza. A bit crushed. Yes. Um, So I set it aside and there it has sat. For a decade. Yeah. So I decided for all the young people in the garage who want to, we're trying to teach everything. I thought, what a perfect opportunity. And some old people too. And some old people. I know. Both John and I were standing around watching (laughs) it. I've I've rebuilt Mm -hmm. it before, but I'm still like fascinated. Well, the chance to watch Emma just like tear into something like that and just explain everything she's tearing it apart. That's like masterclass right there yeah i mean and and how fun it is for for the kids that they're just given tools and hammers and say go for it and and bolt bolt cutters you know yeah go for it did you bolt cut the cam chain well we had to well here's the deal Mm. now i'm going to explain this the early 19 or the late 1970s yamahas with the twin cam had a cam chain tunnel that had a solid bit in the middle. So you had to find the soft link in the cam chain, split it there, and separate the cam chain to lift off the cylinder head. Because there were two. There was a front tunnel and a back tunnel. Are you with me, Charlie? Yes. (laughs) The problem is, when the engine is seized, you can't turn the cam chain to find the soft link. So what does one do? You get the bolt cutters out, cut it, or a grinder, or whatever, sawzah. Because you know, <laughs> cam chains are cheap, so that's what we did. Um, got the bolt cutters out. It was great fun. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, I didn't know what was wrong. So uh, one of the things we discovered when we took the cylinder off is that the center crank. Uh, this, did we say it's the XS750 triple? The center crank was really had a lot of play. Yeah, the shells were gone. Done. Big end shells. And, and to me, I wow. was like, wait a minute. I I redid the bearings. How could that have grenaded so fast, you know? But then we found another thing that's a clue that is kind of weird. 
You want to describe what you found? So what had happened on the this particular XS750, when, when that model was introduced in 1976, it had points and condensers. Mm-hmm. Now, by the time yours came along, which is a 78 or Nine. Seven, 79, it had got electronic ignition, which is a marvellous step forward. Mm-hmm. And the electronic ignition works by having a little rotor that spins round within a ring of magnets yeah. that looks like a ring of magnets. And as the the uh, the rotor passes a magnet, it sends a signal up, a magnetic signal, to the ECU, which in turn sends a signal to the coil and says, spark now, please. Well, the whole plate that holds this kit and caboodle on was held on by three screws. Yeah. The only problem is the screws weren't there. So the plate was flapping around. And the ignition timing must have been going from full retard to full advance in the blink of an eye. And I think what basically happened is when an engine, when the timing gets so far out on an engine, it begins running extremely hot. And it can run extremely hot if the timing becomes too far advanced, but it can run extremely hot if it becomes too far retarded as well. And I think that's what happened. It just, the engine ran extremely hot. There was nowhere for the temperature to go. The oil became overheated, took out the center crank bearing, which is the one that runs hottest on a bike anyway. And then it just sent shrapnel throughout the engine because everywhere the oil went, there was evidence of contaminated oil, of debris debris in the oil. The camshaft bearings were scored. Um, the pistons were scored. The bores were scored. It was. It was done. It was done. It but, was a horrible mess. So, and I'm trying to like learn wow. from. It. Obviously, it was so long ago. I don't remember. You know, putting that back together. I had to have removed it to split the case. Right. So, is that needed? Is that because I didn't put Loctite on? The yeah, screws? perhaps. Did, did it's kind of weird that they were out, not just loose. They were, they gone. were out and in the bottom of. Did you did the you case. find the screws? Oh, yeah. okay. So they, so you put they them were in sitting they, in the bottom of the case. Well, because it's a side case, it's separate from so, like, the engine case. So you know, truthfully, my mm. guess is perhaps you might have been distracted when it was time to screw yeah. them up. Maybe you didn't but, use Loctite when you should have. No, used No, no, it or, had to have been tight at first because the timing was set. Well, how how many miles did you do on this bike? That's, I'm not sure. Maybe I did a couple rides on it. Yeah, I might have done a couple rides. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Well, whatever. But I mean, that, that's interesting. But, you know, the, so that's the post-mortem. I mean, it was, yeah. a, it was what we call in the industry a catastrophic failure. Um, they get more catastrophic than that when the, when the rod actually breaks and pokes a hole through the front of the yes. casing and says, hello, that's really <laughs> a catastrophic failure. And that would have been, yeah. had you continued riding after you'd lost power, that's probably what would have happened. Yeah, it, but it's still it's fun for um, the kids to get in there and rip it apart. There and already um, they were learning about why you have different sizes of like socket wrenches. Yes, um, and how to get leverage and you know even need like the different types of needle nose pliers. Right, why they come advantage advantage. So that was really cool, and that's one of the things I love is teaching the tools and learning. Right. Why you have and you different know sizes it, and shapes and curves? 
it's not just having the tool and not even having the correct tool. It's having instruction on how to use it and how to use your own body to its advantage. Um, you can have the correct wrench, but unless you actually understand torque and how to multiply the torque applied by using the weight of your own body, it's yeah. only half a job. So we, we tried to teach them everything, and they were enjoying things. Yeah. I, I suspect Ellie was a little more focused than Lila today. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Lila mm -hmm. wanted to ride the minibike. <laughs> she had that, I, I want to ride the minibike look. Well, um, the funny thing is um, they've been helping me clean up, and, and Lila helped me put all the old tires into the trailer. I said, as a reward, you get to do something really cool. You get to take apart an engine, which then turned into work. She's like, oh, can I do something else? I, think, <laughs> I thought they'd be so excited. No, truthfully, I think your definition of reward is separate from other people. See, if someone says reward to me, I expect to be handed a gin and tonic. Okay, tell me. I want to know from every single tell person. Tell me why. <laughs> Not no. When you get to use a hammer, is that not yet? Is that not a reward? When absolutely you get to not. whack something, uh, that yep. is awesome. No we yep. already Depends. established. Depends on who you're hitting, I guess. My favorite tool <laughs> is my 20 pound brass hammer. Yeah. This is how mm. good hammers are. Mm. It was good. But yeah, thank you for yeah. helping them. And hopefully, it was a learning experience. I had a blast. Yeah. yeah, well, you I know, did. yeah, it was yeah. fun. I took a bunch of pictures. I'm going to post them. But right now I have an announcement. Um, and this one is going out especially to certain listeners of ours. To all you lonely hearts out there who are sitting listening to us on your To our own. listeners in New York. Oh, those City, guys. In San Diego. Oh. San Francisco. Yes. Miami. Yes. L.A. Yes. Las Vegas, Houston. We don't have that many listeners, do we, Liza? Seattle, Austin, and Denver. Do you know what all those cities have in common? They are sprawling metropolises. Those, <laughs> those cities are all the t – those are the top ten cities in the U.S. for bike theft. Oh, wow. wow. Motorcycle theft or bicycle theft? Motorcycle theft. Cleveland's on So there. if you live in one of those cities, I want you to pay attention right now because I have a solution for you. Because once again, this episode is brought to you by Sizzap, which is a motorcycle tracker and rider's mate. Sizzap is a monitoring device without a contract, so there are no monthly fees ever. And these are some of the features that Sizzap provides and this is why i want you guys to pay attention you'll have real-time location of your vehicle in case it gets lifted and i think the common thing most of these a lot of these cities people are storing them on the street um hit and crash notification how many people have come outside and found their bike knocked over on the street well this would notify your phone immediately towing detection Right? Same thing. If your bike gets moved at all, you get notified immediately through your phone. But it also lets you uh, share your routes with your friends, and, and it keeps a trip history list. It also gives you a battery level control all on your phone. And it's really easy to install. It's just a little black box that hooks up to your battery. That's it. Um, and Sizzap is offering a 15% discount to our listeners even if you're not in one of those top 10 cities, this will be good for you. Because, I mean, all over the world, this is a huge problem. And then for some places, it's like little scooters that aren't 
worth that much, but to the person who's writing it, it may be their livelihood, you know? Um, to get this 15% discount, you're going to use the code MM15, and you're going to go to sizzapp.com. That's S-I-Z-Z-A-P-P.com. It's brilliant, very easy to use, and it only takes 30 seconds to install your on your bike, and I highly recommend it. So there you go. That's Sizzap. Faux shiz up. <laughs> Ending with your pee-pee. <laughs> yes. No. Shiz up for shiz up. Let's see. I wanted to, real quick, I wanted to catch up with Mike and Charlie. It's been a while since you've been on here. And um, Micah, for you, we've kind of followed your career from, mm. you know, being on the passenger on the back of Charlie's bike to riding your own bike to now being an instructor to now you're at the point where you're lecturing to me. I do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to live that one down, am I? <laughs> no. Nope. nope. Trying to give someone instruction out there. And Mike is like, take in charge. <laughs> do you want to listen to me or not? Uh, well, I know hey, what I'm doing. I literally teach people motorcycles I for a know. living. So maybe the things I have to say sometimes. You And you may oh, have a lot of good input. I only heard you say, eyes up here. Eyes up here. That's because she was looking down. Th- sorry, they were looking straight down at the ground. If you're looking at the ground, that's where the motorcycle wants to go to. Maybe you want to yeah. go into the ground. You don't want to be jumping constantly. That's what I tell my students all the time is you go where you look works vertically too. keep your eyes up. <laughs> and I don't know that we've talked much about your big announcement. Do you want to share your big announcement? Uh, we purchased a motorcycle together. Yeah, no, no okay. uh, we're getting married. Yay! Uh, <laughs> actually, Emma's going to officiate our wedding for us. We had breakfast oh, with wow. her this morning. Be- yeah, because I am a licensed minister, so it's going to be a wonderful party with the most fantastic people, the most beautiful venue imaginable yes. we're doing a campsite in the woods we did, literally just rented out a campsite and we're just gonna be like cool now it's a wedding nice That's great. Very and, excited. Awesome. and emma um i had offered you um if you a uh, hundred dollars if you can <laughs> slip a word into their wedding vows without it being noticed and that word is anal <laughs> well, you had a list. Of, you had a list of words, and you were saying a hundred dollars per word, and you never said anything about it being noticed. Yeah. So if mm. if you can get anal into you the see, wedding vows, what I could do bucks. with that, you see, what I could do with that is Emma, I I'll could split it with you. <laughs> I could actually pronounce it annual and just say oh it's my british accent i actually said anal all along (laughs) and demand a hundred dollars oh no i pay my bills anally (laughs) (laughs) actually i do yeah (laughs) wow there's a reason we didn't ask liza to officiate (laughs) um and charlie you were working on your do we call it your race bike uh, it's a track bike mm-hmm. right now. Track bike. Not until he I mean, races it. A uh, track bike. I want to race it. And We're you're, getting there. Get the A group first. <laughs> your track bike is? A Ninja 400. Which is, I think, a smart uh, decision. It's because he saw me having the 300 and being like, I want a 400, yes. but they're more expensive. Well, and he was like, okay. And he bought himself a 400. <laughs> well, I rode the 300. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and, and Mike has a 400 too. I think for both of you, that's a very smart yeah bike they're very uh popular common tons of fun yeah tons well, of fun it, and enough power to beat um 
to be made. Well, you know, there's so many tr- um, track day people mm-hmm. who use um, 400s. I mean, Ryan from Feel Like a Pro, one of our mm-hmm. dear friends, whole fleet of 400 ninjas. You know, and it's funny how it's kind of gained that status. For a long time, it was the R3. Everyone was like, oh, you've got to get an R3. And yeah. the R3 is still a fine, fine bike. But it seems like this is, you know, the ZX400 is the one to have these days. Yeah. They're tons of fun. Um, and it's great having the 300 because all of the people who are racing the 300s are now racing the 400s. So the race parts are cheap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And you can still go plenty fast on the 300. It's, absolutely. I mean, it's you have to be better than the riders on the big bikes because they can park it in the straightaways and then go or park it in the corners and go really fast in the straightaways. And if I want to keep up, I've got to be a whole lot faster than they are in the corners. Yeah, being the little bike in the straightaway going like, you know, 90 miles an hour and the big bikes going doo, 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 doo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious, do you have any plans to have motorcycles included in your wedding? Yeah, we're going to have, um, I'm looking at all the little bikes around the room in here. <laughs> We've actually uh, ordered a whole bunch that will go on our tables for our centerpieces. And we'll have our bikes out there. My dress ma- is orange. It'll match the wheels of my MT-07. And so I'm going to take pictures of that. Uh, we'll have the bikes out there. And I'm even telling a story about uh, us and motorcycles in my wedding vows. So there will be lots and lots of bikes included for sure. Nice. And uh, are you still looking for an electric mini bike? We were talking about wanting an electric mini bike to play around uh, during the reception, but we haven't found one that is worth uh, the price of them for our wedding budget right now. May I make a suggestion? (laughs) Of course. You're welcome to use my mini bike, but are you willing to both ride on one? Because we could take that seat off and build a larger bench seat (laughs) just to make make it better for, you know... For just for that, to ride away in the sunset. Are you are you not yeah. concerned about making it not only better but far more dangerous? <laughs> yes. No. So I did tell Charlie we're not allowed to do anything at the wedding that we've done at a vampires event previously. So that does oh, put a damper so, so on. No, actually, so no drunk goggles. No drunk goggles. Okay. No, uh, no shooting dildo people jousting. with the um, okay. the paintball guns. And Can I make a suggestion, yeah. which I think is a far great because. You were thinking, Liza, of just doing a seat where Micah and Charlie were sitting in front of one another. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do a bench seat going across <gasps> so they can sit side by side <laughs> then, on it and each, each hold the yeah. handlebar? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. We well, can one do person that. has the clutch. One person has the brake. Yeah, you do it on the little electric mini bike. We'll yeah. Do a bench across. Awesome. We'll do a bench across. And we'll you just- can both sit. Uh, can we'll we just get have a to second? wait until my boss leaves. <laughs> we should get a second one. <laughs> Let's get a second well, one and well, make a chariot. Well, Mike, uh, yeah. two of them. That would be your awesome. Your contract says nothing about bench seat motorcycles. It just says something about wearing gear. So as long as I put on my gear, then we can do this terrible idea. Sounds yeah, so, great. You know, a helmet, <laughs> you know, put a jacket over your wedding dress, wear jeans underneath it. You're good. Perfect. I'm always up for good, bad ideas. <laughs> well, speaking of good, bad ideas, Y'all. guess what time it is? What? What time is it? It's game time. Oh, I Yay. like that. Well, but you know what? This one is good. This is, I'm really excited about this. You know why? Oh, why? God. It's not my game. Whose game is it? Oh. Micah is the game oh. master tonight. This oh, is wow. Micah's game. Kept that quiet. 
Yeah. Micah, you want to share what the game is? Absolutely. It's called Ride, Own, Discontinue. If it sounds a lot like Fuck, Mary Kill. Weird. <laughs> uh, it's Fuck, Mary Kill, but with, mo- with motorcycles. Okay. So I'm going to pass this bag around and everyone grab three little pieces out from there. And Bagel, if you want to play, I'll choose for you. Yes. I'm oh, so my God. Is that a scorpion Thanks. helmet bag? You don't see those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Uh, yeah, you just have to choose which one you would ride, which right. one you would own, and which one is not worth riding, which should be discontinued if it has not been already. Oh, oh! Do you get Wait, a look can, at we, these, can we say instead of discontinue to crush? Crush is just fine with me. Let's do crush. Perfect. Because some of these mm. would be heartbreaking to crush. That's true. Some of these okay. I would readily. Crush I don't know. Them. I like discontinue okay, so, because that removes so, it from everybody. So what's it again? It's ride, ride, own, crush slash discontinue. Right on crush. I like that. Okay. Um, pull three. All right. Who's going first? Charlie, what are your three? Wow. I'm on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going crush. So I've got the, uh, I think I'd ride the six, the six. So wait, name the three first. No, I'm, it's just suspenseful. <laughs> name your three first and then Sam. Sick. Jixa 1000. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Yamaha R7. Oh. Vespa 300. Ooh. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. I don't know. Well, I would own the R7. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Bagel, get your hackles up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably ride the sick Jixa. Oh. And I'd crush the Vespa. Oh. That hurts. That's mainly because I've never oh. ridden a sick Jixa. I would absolutely crush that sick Jixa, so I'm glad that you picked it not me. <laughs> I think if it was discontinued, though, I would discontinue the Jixer. Oh. Because well, mm. mm. it would remove that. It, it would save so many lives. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I think crushing makes it hard. Do you want to let Bagel have his turn? Yes, Bagel. All right. You have a Honda CR five hundred, two stroke, mm-hmm, a mm. Buell eleven twenty five R, or Ooh. an MTO seven. And knowing that I have an MTO seven, be very careful with your words. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> the CR500, is that a street bike or a dirt bike? That's a dirt bike, two-stroke. It's it's the killer. It's a it's, death machine. It's a death yeah. machine. Okay. But it's in dirt bike mm-hmm. But it's like one of the right? coolest bikes awesome. in the world. It's the best way to <laughs> die ever. Yeah. All right. And, and the second one was the Buell... 1125R. That's like wow. right before Buell folded. That was that really nice sport mm-hmm. bike that he made. Jeez, this is a tough one. Wow. Um... Oof. Oh, this is easy, Bagel. I, well, <laughs> this is easy. I, I, it, see, the thing is, like, it, it would pain me to crush any bike that, that's know, right? fully functional. So it's like, how can I choose one of them? You know, that just seems cruel. <laughs> um, uh, can, can I make a suggestion for you? That maybe um, you crush the one that is easily replaceable. Because hmm. some yeah, of these are, are discontinu- not easily well, replaced. So crush does not equal discontinue then. No, I'm saying you got to crush. You got to throw one in the crusher. This, okay. this makes it. Uh, yeah. 
All right. You know, that, that does make sense. And, and Micah, I'm sorry. I think the MC07 would have to be crushed Aww. just because the other two are just, they're, they're not replaceable. Um, it's okay. The MT07 can cry into my arms anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so, so which one would I ride and which one would I own? Um, God, I think I would have to ride the Buell and own the Honda. Ooh, hmm. that's a good call. Because right, that's good exactly call. the right that, call. <laughs> that, that Buell, that Buell just sounds so huge, and I just I am not a fan of big bikes. Right. And 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 a two stroke, even if it's a death machine, that sounds like that could be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you can pull that engine out, put in anything, and make it a, have, a death machine. Well, well you just have to true. get on the Honda, ride it for five seconds, and then you're good. You're like, oh, that was so much fun, and I'll put it away now before I die. <laughs> All right. All right. Perfect. Good one. Emma? I have yes. Honda Elite 150. Ooh. Triumph Tiger 900. Ooh. And Nikki Hayden. No, keep reading. Oh, was it cut off? No, it says... Says Nikki Hayden. Oh, it said Nikki Hayden. So I'm assuming you would ride Nikki oh, Hayden. Nikki Hayden. So yeah, <laughs> you know, no, I was gonna say that, exactly. So I I would ride Nikki Hayden. I would own the I would own the Honda Elite 150, and I would crush crushing your head. I'm crushing your head. The Tiger 900. What? Oh, You're pressing it. Oh, oh. Wow. oh. Well, no, it didn't actually specify whether it was the new. Tiger 900 or the old Tiger mm. 900. Mm. But either also, way, and, it says Nikki Hayden's Repsol. It doesn't say Nikki Hayden. Oh, I'm not in. <laughs> I'm not interested in riding his Repsol CBR. I'm far more interested in riding Nikki Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, there you are. You see? Okay. Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. No, the Repsol's gone. <laughs> All, right. All right, John. What'd you get? Okay, I have a Harley Pan America, mm. a Stretch mm. Busa, <laughs> and a Harley AMF Sportster. I got two Harleys. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So this is actually pretty easy. Yeah, okay. <coughs> so I would ride the Stretch Busa. Yes. I would own the Pan America. Ooh. Yes. And I would crush the AMF. Crush oh! the AMF. Crush the AMF. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Mine is actually hard. <clears throat> I got a Harley Street Bob. Mm-hmm. A BMW GS twelve fifty. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. And an Africa twin DCT. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> um well uh I think it already stated I'll own the Africa twin DCT. Yes. I mean I I save it. Which means I gotta <laughs> crush a GS twelve fifty or a Harley Street Bob. Okay, okay. Uh using oh, you know what? The Africa Twin and the GS twelve fifty. Which so one I get to ride and one I get to crush. Mm. Um. Uh, that's hard because am I just riding it around the block? Am I riding it cross country? Oh God! Oh, you're go, making heavy weather of uh, this life. I, you know what? <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to ride the Harley Street Bob. Because one of the things I do love when you ride a Harley, you feel a little badass. (laughs) And when you ride a GS1250, you feel confused because you don't know what all the buttons do. But they they lead you to Starbucks is what they (laughs) do. I know. So I'll crush a GS1250 and I'll ride the Harley Street Bob. How about that? 
You know, wow. I tell you what, Liza, you should get another Harley. <laughs> mm, I don't really have anywhere a reason to ride one. I've got one now. Yeah. So you have to get one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all getting Harleys now. Yeah, no, I think we should. Micah's eyes went really wide. <laughs> uh, do do we have no, do you want to do another round? Or? Yeah, we've Ooh. got enough for him. Let's do another round. All right, go for it. All right, uh, Bagel, I already picked some for you. Okay. You've got an Indian chief, mm. the Honda CM400A, mm. and a KTM EX350. Oh. That's the EX350 oh. is a dirt bike. You know, the CM400A is a Honda Matic. Is, the, is that the long, long, low sleeve one? No, I mean, it's a little CM400 cruiser, but it happens to be the Honda Matic, which makes <coughs> it kind of interesting. Is the chief yeah, an old chief is, or a new chief? It's an old chief. Okay, and this is a, the Honda, the Honda Matic's a recent bike, right? No, this no. is like a 1970s oh, Honda Matic. Oh, this is the 70s Honda Matic. I, okay, yeah. gotcha. Or, oh, or wow. early 80s, what was it, Emma? Late 70s, early yeah, 80s? Yeah, 78, the, I think. For the Honda Matic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Prince had one. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's the purple right. rain. Purple bike. rain. Ooh. Yeah, purple rain. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, and the other choices again. Tell, remind me one more time. It's uh, an KTM EX350. It is mm-hmm. a Honda CM400A or an Indian Chief. <clears throat> okay, and if this is like an original Indian Chief from like the 40s mm-hmm. or 50s or something yes. like that, yes. I would own that. <laughs> that is cool as hell. Um, out of the other two, um, hmm. wow. Uh, the CM400, and what was the other one one more time? Uh, the KTM EX350. <clears throat> it's a nice okay. dirt bike. Yeah. I, I, I think I would have to crush the KTM oh. because... Because I've never ridden uh, a Honda Matic, and yeah. I, I would like to ride that just to see what it's like. I, I'm with you on that you can't one. Crush I'm Honda. with you on and, that. And besides, crushing crush the KTM would probably save me a lot of money. And that's why <laughs> that's why we call him Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Charlie. All right. Well, so I've got the Z125, the Ninja 400, <laughs> and a Ducati Scrambler. Oh. <laughs> Um, so I'd probably crush the Z125 because we've already owned the Grom and I've already crashed him. And <laughs> I okay. know exactly. I didn't say, okay, I crashed the Grom. We didn't crash the Grom. Well, that wasn't what I was going to comment on, but I guess still thank you for clarification. Yeah. Um, the, uh, speaking as someone who works with them regularly, the Grom versus the Z125 are hugely different. They're both small bikes, but they feel hugely different to ride for me. Which one's better? Mm, I would rather ride the Z125, but if you are taller than I am and I'm 5'5", then the handlebars, if you twist them fully, um, will knock against your knees. So then you'd need a Grom. All right. Try. From a mechanic standpoint, I prefer the Z125 because it has an oil filter, well, whereas the Grom doesn't. From my opinion, oh. I prefer the Benelli because it goes up to 135. That's true. <laughs> it goes up to 11. <laughs> yeah. All right, Charlie, what's, what's your choices? I think I'd own the Ducati and ride the Ninja. Oh, huh. impression. Because I can okay. buy another Ninja. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Ducati That's would fair. be a lot of fun. I, right. would, you know. I would love to own a Ducati Scrambler one day. I think they're gorgeous bikes. Yes. I would destroy that motorcycle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Crusher. Emma, what you got? Mine are very, very easy. Okay. I have a Grom. <laughs> yeah. A Veta Mystery Ship. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And a Vincent Black Shadow. Oh. Very, very easy. I would own the Honda Grom. I would ride <laughs> the Veta Mystery <laughs> ship, and I would crush what? the Vincent. Oh no, you can't do that! No. It raises no. the value of all the other ones. <laughs> oh, that's painful. No, you would not. Yes, I oh, would. Yes, oh. I would. And I would put. I'd put like a hood with two horns coming out of the is top, and put a forked tail on and dress in red when no. I'm doing it. Is this because of all the Vincents you've worked on, and you don't like them anymore? No, I love Vincent. So, uh, the, I mean, the reality, look, um, I'm just making it entertaining. Of course the Grom's <laughs> going to go in the crusher. Um, I was going to say, send your complaints to Phil at Cleveland. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so the serious answer, unfortunately, the Grom has to go in the crusher. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, much as I would like to own a Vincent Black Shadow, I'll tell you the difference between a Vincent Black Shadow and the Veta Mystery Ship. Every year, another Black Shadow or two shows up. The Veta Mystery ships, they're all accounted for. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's probably a, an interesting prospect to own. I would own the Veta and then ride the Black Shadow because they're, they're always fun as not to ride. So, there you go. There's the answer. Ride the Vincent, own the Veta, the Grom. There you go. Okay. All right, John. All right. I have got a Triumph 675. Ooh. Uh, T7. Ooh. And a Suzuki Eliminator 25. Never heard of that bike. 250. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, so I would uh, crush the Suzuki, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I would... Uh, I'd ride the Triumph 675, and I would keep the T7. Oh, I yeah, think that's that, good. Yeah. That was easy. I think mine is going to be easy as well. I got the Ducati Desert X. Yeah. The Ducati Panigale. Oh. oh. Who put the pain in Panigale? And the you Suzuki did. GS500. Oh. Oh, don't you dare. Mike is like, crush it, crush it, crush it. He goes in the crusher. Don't you dare crush that Uh, poor little Suzuki. I'm crushing the fuck out of that GS500. I will watch. I'll pay for a ticket. Every GS500 that we had come through here at some point had an issue. They're great little bikes. Until they're not. But but they're older and just... I miss mine dearly yeah. and would pay to see it be ridden off a cliff. But what's harder <laughs> here is uh, Ducati Desert X and Ducati Panigale. Oh, you got to you got to keep the Panigale. Do I got to keep yeah. the Panigale? I don't know. I think I no. I'm going to so. play devil's advocate here, okay. John, because as an owning prospect, the Panigale. God, it will empty your wallet quickly. Yeah, but it's mm. whereas the but Desert you'll feel X feels so good when it empties your wallet. Have you seen the Desert X? No, I, I'm I going. I'm it's going hard. very simple on this. Um, the Panigale ride for a day and then let it be someone else's problem. Yep. Right. And then, yeah. uh, the desert X, which is a more f- 
functional bike. I can use it for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, yeah, the Panigale doesn't appeal to me that much. I've ridden fast bikes. I mean, bikes have gotten to a point 20, 30 years ago where they're faster than anything. And just because they get even faster, I'm like, so? I mean, there's so many bikes, you know, R1 or the BMW, you know, S1000. Uh, I mean, any anything with RR in it, they all give you the same thrills. So the Panigale, what I see is large repair bills. And I've known a few people whose bikes fell over in their garage and were totaled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't want to have that burden. We went to a track day a while ago and there was yes. a, a crash. Um, it was a Ducati Panigale and what was it? An R1M. An R1M. It was like $50,000 of motorcycle oh, wow. um, in a ball. And the best part is that they were best friends and had oh, driven no. there together. <laughs> so oh, they had to no. drive home together when one of them had tried to make a pass that he could not complete because it was his best friend. Oh, <laughs> such so a he, good story. He, he tried passing on the inside and took them both out. Mm-hmm. Dang. Oh, dear. That was, would be a silent drive home. <laughs> well, um, for our, our, our next uh, topic, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone is very aware there's a lot going on in the world. And, uh, you know, everywhere you go. I was at the San Jose Sharks game last night. And they had the Ukrainian flag uh, up on the screen for a while there. Mm. It's like, um, yeah, it's it's sad what's going on in the world. But we can't deny the fact that, um, boy, those Ukrainians are fighting like hell, right? And did you see the one where, like, some grandma threw, like, an apple out the window and took a drone out? No. <laughs> I think it was a jar of pickles. A jar of pickles. That's and awesome. took a yeah. drone out. I mean... They are fighting. They're fighting. And yeah. you can't help but think, like, how is this going to play out? And is this going to escalate? Will more countries get involved? Is this how World War Three starts, right? And I know we all have that on, on our mind, but let's not worry about that. But let's worry about if shit goes down. I want to know more about what military bikes and, and what their role is in times like these, you know, and and – uh, Emma, there we know that there's interesting history. Well, that's all. Yeah, I mean the 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 history of military motorcycles is as old as motorcycles themselves, because the military have always recognised the value of motorcycles. So, I mean, what does the military use motorcycles for? Um, Maneuverability, mm-hmm. speed. Portability. You can drop motorcycles out of aircraft far easier than you can drop jeeps out of aircraft. Yeah. With the advent of electric bikes, stealth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we're not going to rehash the whole military bike thing because we did it. We've done it, but some of them are good stories. I mean, the fact that um, you could say the demise of Indian. Well. Could be. Oh, no, it was... it absolutely, the demise of Indian has everything to do with the military contracts yeah. they got in the Second World War. And they were really, the one way to look at it, Indian were victims of themselves because they were seen as a far more engineered bike than a Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. So the army 
when they were looking for newer ideas like shaft drive, like turning the engine the other way for better balance, they turned to Indian. So Indian put out all these prototypes. And believe me, building a prototype bike costs a crap load of money. And as good as these bikes were, Harley-Davidson were just churning out thousands of WA45s and making bucket loads of money. And Indian kind of staggered on for another 10 years after the Second World War. Well, Harley cheated. Well, no, not really. Yes, they did. We all know the story. The Army put out a a contract and said, here's what we're looking for. Uh, What was it? What's that? A 500cc, I think? No, 750. 750cc. 45 cubic inch. And so Indian came, brought to them a bike they designed that matched exactly what they asked for. Harley didn't. Yeah. Harley designed something bigger. And ended up winning the contract, and that was the beginning of the end of Indian. We don't have to go, I mean, too deep into it, but it's a fascinating story. You have another story about, you say hairdressers? Oh, no! I was being facetious. Barbers? No, hairdressers riding scooters. (laughs) Because... (laughs) (laughs) No, because Liza said, well, what are the roles of scooters in... um, in war, and oh. I said, well, they're perfect for hairdressers to get to the front line to cut people's hair. <laughs> I bet you scooters had a big role in the in the resistance. Bet they France. didn't. Not in France? Oh, no. Well, they, they Very didn't unstable. before World War II, really. Yeah, all right, you see, the thing is with scooters, and it, it, I'm, I'm being quite serious right now, because actually I do like scooters, mm-hmm. even though I like to give Bagel a ribbing about his love of mm. scooters. Scooters got their start... Right after the Second World War. Was the first prototype 46 or 45? 46, 46, I think. 46, yeah. It was the first real prototype. What what we have to understand is after the Second World War, Europe was in ruins. And if you want to stimulate an economy, you have to get the people moving. You have to get the people to be able to get to jobs so they can work there because they can start rebuilding the economy. Now, that means a robust public transit system, but it also means personal transportation. The cleverness of the Vespa is it was very cheap to make, it was very cheap to buy, and men and women could ride it. It was such a design that even the manual transmission ones, Mm -hmm. the women can ride them side saddle. Because there's no controls. There's no foot control on the right. Isn't that right, Bagel? Or is it on uh, the left? Well, not on, not on the left, but there is a brake on the right. There's a brake on the right, but there's no foot control on the left. So right. a woman, because remember, dress codes back in the 40s and 50s were very different than they are today, could actually ride the thing side saddle. It's a masterpiece of a design. But it well, came not up only, after the war. Not, yeah. not only that, but it had the step through design so women could wear wearing a dress. Yeah. Yes. And the dress could hang down. <clears throat> right. But, unlike on a motorcycle. But that was after the war. Right. That makes yes. sense. But Bagel, didn't you once say that um, there was the advantage because with the smaller wheels you could easily maneuver around all the potholes from the bombs? Yeah, that was that was part of it. Yeah. They, they were very nimble. Yeah, so I mean scooters definitely have an advantage in, yeah. in some and, cases. Yeah, and and as we talked about before, you know there were there were paratroop uh, scooters in World War II. Um, there were the uh, French anti-tank scooters <laughs> that were used in uh, 
I think in the 50s and 60s. What were the ones um, that were dropped down in a crate that you could quickly pull out? Oh, and that is the unbolt. Ex- Excelsior Well Bike or the yes. Corgi. Thank you. Yeah. Which yes. are kind of the same kind of bike. And they came in a tube. It looked like a yep. giant tube of Smarties. Yeah. And you drop it and kind of open it up like a clamshell and pull the bike out, pull the handlebars up, pull the seat up, and had tiny little wheels, little 18-inch wheels, and off you'd go. Hmm. And um, I I think it injured more Marines than uh, (laughs) enemy fire. (laughs) But it it was a good way of getting around quickly. And that's the beauty of, of motorcycling. Within wartime, you can get around quickly. Do you ever remember Delta Force with Chuck Norris? Yeah. Oh, you see, now that's a motorbike right there with all the rockets on the front. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm curious. So I know that, you know, we had, you know, you have the the old vintage Harleys and then you get all these weird, you know, scooters and things in a tube. And then, um, and then you have the diesel KLRs at some point. What came between that? Well, no, I mean, there were a variety of bikes. I mean, let's think about Britain. Yeah. Um, Britain, throughout the 1950s and 1960s, were entirely British bikes. Um, succession of BSAs. One of the popular um, 1960s British bikes for the army was the B. 40 and the b40 was a 350cc that was a good size mm. bike for the military so it was easy to start it was relatively reliable in a bsa kind of way um i guess uh, and, the and bit, cheap to maintain the better question here what are the needs of a military bike because currently right now we know that um some military are using zero uh, DSs. Well, let's talk and, about and FXs. Let's talk about the stealth aspect of so, uh, yeah, electric to, bikes. But let's talk about all the needs. So, because here's what I'd like to do: I'd like us in the room to design the perfect military bike bike right now for this potential World War Three stretch booster and, and a pot <laughs> of green paint. <laughs> Done. Because we've already talked about some of the advantages of bikes in the past. Yeah, but they still apply today. I mean, it's the, yes, absolutely it does. The idea is, look, the ideal military bike, let's take any military, you know, the mission. It's all about the mission. So the plane comes in away from where you're actually attacking. The drop zone should ideally be far away that the plane remains undetected. All the paratroopers and the Marines jump out of the plane land, open up, get on their bikes, get to the mission as quickly and quietly as possible, commit the dastardly deed, get back into the pickup zone, get picked up by helicopters and all go home. So it sounds like my electric mini bike is what's the perfect <laughs> yeah. thing. Well, we're only talking about forward deployed trip though. We're not talking about like Right. You know, the tr- But I mean messengers. that's the obvious one. That's yeah. the obvious one. Well, I mean that's one. So so here's the first question. Electric um, gas or diesel. These are basically our three options. What do you guys think? I want to know in the room. What do you guys think? If it has the range, electric. If they don't have to, if they don't have to, if they don't plan on refueling. So I think the first question is: On what soil might this be right. used? And uh, I think uh, there's not a lot of electricity available right. during war. Yeah. Correct. So to me, it seems like maybe an electric bike isn't the right option during war. 
it might be in stealth missions. Yes. It would be good for a very right. special specialized yeah. job. Yeah. yeah, I think diesel then, right? Because it has to exactly. be something that is yeah. easy to get the fuel to the everything. So all the tanks and all of the jeeps and everything. Well, if you can, just I keep telling you guys, the KLR is a perfect bike. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole reason there there is a diesel KLR is so they don't have to have gasoline when the entire entirety right. of the fleet is diesel. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, the KLR, diesel KLR has been used for a long time, but I wanted to pose some other uh, potential uh, bikes to consider. Hydrogen. Uh, I know. I was going to no. say <laughs> the Ural with a sidecar. Do they make a diesel Ural? They showed. Uh, I don't know, but I think you. How many could. diesel motorcycles have there been? Is it just oh, the, very few. Yeah, just yeah, mm. very few. Um, I think Enfield played okay. around with but diesel for a while. It seems to me having something with a sidecar to be able to carry gear, weapons, and possibly a companion or two. Well, what's and parts and shovels? So and what tools. is what is the advantage over a motorcycle and sidecar than a light military jeep? That's a good, really good mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Well, mm. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, to me, it's easy I to mean, repair. You could have multiple weapons and placements versus just the one, right? All right. So that's and a good I mean, point. It, no, but I mean, it's it. There are there must be advantages because if we go back to the Second World War, the Germans used a lot. The of it. German yeah. army, particularly in the desert, used a whole slew of BMW and Zundapp um, outfits. And very, very lightweight Kubelwagens and God knows what, which are tiny little Volkswagen-sized cars. Mm. Yeah. So there was clearly an advantage. I sus- motorcycle half-tracks, too. Right. Yep. Oh, the Kett and Craftrad. Yes. Yep. The motorcycles yep. take up less of a footprint, so when you're transporting on aircraft or railway, you right. can fit more vehicles right. on them. Hmm. And I have a suspicion when the going is very, very soft, like sand, a lighter weight <laughs> motorcycle and sidecar will be ah. easier to get through and less likely to get stuck than a Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, don't, small car. don't tracked vehicles work very well on sand? Yeah, but there's an inherent weight with a tracked yeah. vehicle. I mean, you know, even the lightest tracked vehicle is going to weigh 20 times more than a I mean, motorbike. even just having one less tire to worry about the replacement for, right. having more availability, uh, if you have the same amount of tires around, uh, having vehicles that need less tires can make well, sure that you have more for issues with attrition. There's also, like, the small Jeeps or whatever in a ha- carry, like, what, four people where the sidecars can just carry two, so you have to have two sidecars for the equivalent amount of people. Well, you can have one in the front of the motorcycle, one in the back of the motorcycle, one in the sidecar, yeah. so there's not that yeah. much of a difference no, there. No, the sidecars for your dog. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here's another would it be suggestion. An att- would it be an attack dog? No, it would be a, a German Shepherd, of course. With a gun? Yes. And like laser, with a, with a like a like a laser beam <laughs> on his head as well. So here's another suggestion to consider. Name uh, Chuck Norris. Now you I know this name one. The dog Chuck Norris, <laughs> and that'd make him like more aggressive. I feel. So I know this will sound out of left field, but hear me out. Uh, are you guys familiar with the um, the 1960s uh, Bat Cycle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, seriously, for for the youngins, you may not recall. 
So it's a, it's a basically it's the it's a bat cycle with a sidecar, and Robin is riding in the sidecar. But wait a minute, the sidecar is actually a little go kart that he can ride off of the sidecar <laughs> and go. Doo, 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 doo. And I thought that's kind of cool if you have it be able to become two separate vehicles. Oh, it'd be very adaptable. Now I, we do a more modernized version, but what about something like that where it is a sidecar that could separate see if you did the sidecar as an electric and the main motorcycle as a gas or diesel then mm. then the sidecar could zip off on its own power without having to break <gasps> oh but still mission. right yeah. so you could put the dog in the sidecar yeah. and then you could remote control it mm. and you could drive the dog you could strap a bomb to the dog and just blow the whole thing up yeah exactly you could That's drive right. the do- dog somehow into i feel the this has gotten zone. out of control no i think it'd be a, and you know every oh look at that lovely dog boom and then Boom. <laughs> Instead of Jesus take the wheel, it's dog take the handlebars. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you didn't like that one. No, I thought it was great. <laughs> I don't know how we got to suicide dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it seems to me, so is it better to have something very lightweight and nimble like a dirt bike? Or is it better to have something heavier like, uh, you know, with a sidecar that you can carry? Well, it depends on the job. Yes. I hate to say it because, you know, we it's so easy to hate on them. I really think the KLR is getting towards, uh, for a military standpoint, the KLR really is very hard to beat. And right. if you yeah. if you do the electric, uh, the diesel engine in it, and I know exactly why they did it. It's, it's for the simple reason of fuel delivery and supply. Because yep. remember, when you're in the dirt, you're not necessarily, you don't need to do 80 miles an hour. You're doing like 30, 40 tops. So a diesel engine's perfect. You're well, pulling from the yeah. same fuel supply yeah. as the tanks, the same, fl- well, actually not the tanks because the tanks run on uh, something different. They're... Um, and I, I feel like any application where you would need a really high speed. Bagel, what you got? Well, the um, the other advantage too to having a diesel is that you can you can fuel it just with plain vegetable oil if it's set up right. So um, so you know it's very right. versatile in terms of, of fueling. But the other point I wanted to make um, the the military diesel KLR um, does that have an electronic ignition or points? Oh, it'll be an electronic ignition. Oh, it would be. Hmm. The only okay. problem with that well, is... Well, hang on. Diesels don't really have an ignition. They glow have plug, glow yeah. plugs yeah. to get them well, started. True. But they don't need ignition to actually run because it's all based right, on compressed right. fuel. Yeah. So yeah, you, you have the point. ignition, so, the glow plug to start it, which is an electronic device. But after mm-hmm. it's running, I mean, it's that's easy. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, so you don't have to worry about computers, really, on, oh, no. on that bike either. It's, right? it's essentially diesels are very, very simple. Right. So it'll so it'll still run after the nuclear blasts go off, right? I like the idea that if the army invades the north of England, all they have to do is break into fish and chip shops, and you've got fuel. You see, yeah. For okay. The KLR. Okay. Wait. So, well, the I've only- got I've got an idea. We just take the KLR, and in the milk crate that's on the back, we put <laughs> Liza's mini bike. So then you have the electric one for the little missions. All right. So I'm pointing up go. on the shelf. There's a military bike or two up there. There's also a SWAT bike. There's a SWAT bike. <laughs> and those are, I believe, is that an XR250R? I think I might be an XR400R. 400R. So I'm going to say, I think the perfect military bike is actually going to be something like an XR or a CR450R DCT. <laughs> 
I, mean, I think because yeah. here's why you want to have a hand free to like shoot stuff and things, right? Yep. So if you have a twist and go DCT, you don't need the clutch. You don't need, you can like, right? Your hand yep. is free. So, I mean, don't you think, Emma, that Honda has a technology they could put a DCT on oh, anything? Yeah. And I'm thinking, actually, you could probably teach the dog to ride it. <laughs> Quite you, with minimum training, because I mean, the dog's just missing opposable thumbs. So if you do like an automatic throttle on it, maybe it's a thumb throttle. Yeah, you could do a thumb throttle, and the dog could just no throttle. Yeah, let's leave the dog at home. Uh, <laughs> um, I like the idea of having a lighter bike because I've had my KLR in some mud, and it's no fun in mud. And it's just that weight. So having that CR would be much- Yeah, but remember, this is for the army, and there is a, a, a level of physical physicality mm-hmm. that's required of soldiers. So, you know, certainly fl- okay. frontline troops, they'd, they'd have to be fit enough to ride the thing. I think we're narrowing, narrowing this down. So it has to be a Honda diesel CR450R DCT. Okay. With a milk crate. How much of a dog would With that be, though, crate. being a diesel for a 250? That's oh, God, it'd be slow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would be slow. But um, when, mean, you know, when the Army or the Marines or even the Navy issue a requirement for a vehicle, usually it's a very, very broad perspective. And you'd be surprised how lower top speed is required for a lot of these oh, things. Wow. Yeah. You know? Um even the fastest tanks are not fast vehicles. And convoys regularly travel at sort of 25, 30 miles an hour. So, What's over your shoulder? Is that a KLR? The Army one? This one? Yeah. Oh, right. that might be. That's a G. It doesn't look like. Like a little G.I. Joe. This yeah. is a, no, yeah, this okay. is an official Army product. Mm. Um, yeah, we the do, Army we do Runner have Cycle. Bikes in here. Um, I think this is a KLR. I th- I think it's up. I think a uh, Gen One. I think it is. So it might be a diesel. Maybe. Hmm. What kind of power? Does I don't want diesel... to open the. Can I open the box? No. No. Oh. It's an unopened toy. <laughs> um, no, you can open it. That's fine. Just as long as you put it back. Um, I, do you guys really think that motorcycles do have a place in war? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Especially Still? when you consider the secondary issues like being a messenger, uh, you know, uh, th- a barber, a barber. Yeah. yeah, sure. You know, if you ever need to tow a, t- a tank away, you never know. Well, okay. I mean, the Ukrainians have been towing like mortars and just like a sidecar towing like a Russian mortar. Away. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's get yeah. let's get down to brass tacks. What are the practical reasons for owning a motorcycle as a civilian? They look cool. They're fun. They're fun. Yeah. Keep you going. You can sit outside of Starbucks. What are the fuel pra- economical? There you go. They're great. Fuel efficient. The one thing that is hard in wartime is to get fuel to where you want it. So if you are on the front line and you need to send somebody back to say, help. And you've mm-hmm. got not much fuel left. Who are you going to send? The gas-guzzling Humvee or the motorbike? Of course motorbikes mm-hmm. have a place in war. And uh, to me, it seems like it needs to be a dirt bike. Uh, for the same reasons that 
you know, they used to ride yeah. the Vespas. You wanted something that's nimble and get through all the different types of terrain and messed up roads. And I mean, let's face it, drive over dead bodies, whatever you got to do. It's going to be a dirt bike, right? Well, there's also going to be cars and rubble and things like that to where you might not be able to easily navigate with a mm-hmm. Humvee yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you do also want it to be something simple. So, uh, yep. reliable, easy to maintain. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, yeah, it does fall between something like. Something I hate like to a say, this, this official army bike, it actually does look like a CRF. Let me see. <coughs> yeah. Let me see that thing. Yeah, it does look like a CRF. I can see right now. Um, it's definitely not a KLR. Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, it looks like a KTM to me. I think that's a supermoto. Um, Maybe it's not a real bike. Because <laughs> it's a plastic toy. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it, it just made me think, um, and, but I haven't seen any uh, with everything that's going on over in Ukraine. Have, have you guys seen any motorcycles? Um, just the Ukrainian, you know, the sidecar. The sidecar pull. Yeah. 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 Pull and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I think it's something that I think... Um, yeah, you can get you can get bikes in and out of places. Well, and like I don't think they're necessarily good as a front fighting vehicle, but for everything else, as far as like you know, in between lines or whatever. But Emma, if you were to be sent in on a mission, yes, and you need to get into the city, what is going to be your bike of choice on a mission to get a message? Electric helicopter. To the lieutenant. No, I mean, you, you want something stable, you want something quiet, and you want something relatively quick. Um, hmm. That's a very good Well, comment. quick compared to, like, how fast a convoy a normally tank. moves, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I given my choice, I think I would be a, a, a zero... Um, um, I think if there was electricity around, yeah, a well, zero I mean, FX. An FX, yeah. And you have to remember when we were at um, Vintage Days, I rode Phil's all weekend without charging it because I never went further, faster than 30 miles an hour. And it lasted yeah. a long time because I wasn't dealing with any uh, drag, you know, wind, wind, wind drag. So, what do you think the range is if you go like 30 miles an hour? Oh, 100 Hi. miles easy. Yeah. Easy. Right, Bagel? Um,. Depending on the battery size, but which 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 model are you talking about? This is on the FX. I think if you're you're going slow, if it's the new one, yeah, I think you could do that. Yeah. <clears throat> so well, and that's part of the thing is the zeros and all the electric bikes are getting better and better ranges, um, and so this year that might not be uh, quite as good of an idea with electricity available with that kind of stuff but as they keep getting better and better they're going to have great ranges plenty soon I'm sure. Well, Emma would- thank you for rewrapping that. If I was in Ukraine right now I would want a gas bike Yeah, just because totally. you know that you can steal gas from somewhere and go for it. Yeah from a lawnmower Exactly <laughs> Yeah. Um, True that Well I would take a CRF 250. That would be my choice. No, what? You know what? No, I'm sticking with the zero because it's the military. They'll have extra batteries ready to swap out. There you go. They can drop them from a, a plane. You could just drop you a gallon of gas and same thing. It might be much yeah. easier. 
Well, I like the stealth though. I like the yes. I like the idea stealth. of moving around quickly and quietly. It's the same same choice for zombies as it is. I mean, do you think you could <laughs> for rusky ruskies? Do you think you could drop a crate with solar panels on top of it that could charge it's, them? It's too complicated. It's not going to go fast enough with solar panels, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Simple is simple is good sometimes. Now, which bike would you choose if you wanted to strap a big gun to it? Mm. Euro. I'm, yeah, I'd want a sidecar then. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I'm thinking like a Harley. <laughs> right? I think a Harley or a Goldwing. Yeah. You know, Ooh, yeah, know. you don't need a sidecar. You just need a big platform. Kitted out just with knobbies yeah. and everything. Well, yeah. 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 Or or a trailer. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I like Have the sidecar. trailer. Because it's already a platform that you don't have to like stop and set up. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send Jocelyn Snow in on a GS-1250. <laughs> she'll get the job done. And she she'll will. get through anything. Okay. <laughs> I like the idea of a Goldwing 1800 with knobby tires. Yeah. And uh-huh. then the seat that goes across the bike so we can have three abreast. <laughs> can have one in the middle riding the bike and then one either side operating the guns and bombs. Yeah, and the dog yeah. in the back. It'll be kind of be like and an then old... the dog. The, the dog, dog is back. Case. Yes, yes. Actually, right. Yeah, the you dog. Can, you can just take Bring that Chuck. van seat. You can take that van seat out of the garage and just weld that right onto the frame. It'll All kind right. of make so, it like an old World War II bomber with like the side turrets. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now that the dog is back, um, I, and just so you know, just make an announcement. I'm diverting the conversation. The dog never here. went away. Um, but this is something that's been on my mind, and I'm hoping we can. We can bring it back. And Micah brought it up. I miss the milk crate. It was much more common to have milk crates on bikes at a certain mm, point. It was. And they went away because they're not cool. I think that they are so functional and I think they are kind of cool. I think they need to come back. What do you guys think? You should design a Motorcycles and Misfits official milk, milk crate. crate. Milk crate. <laughs> that would be incredible. It really would, would it? <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect for chariot racing. And I, I have to admit, Emma, yeah, right. were you there that year at Vintage Days when we were watching the pit bike races and there was a dude on a um, a little Honda trail bike with a milk crate in the back with a water bottle that kept threatening to bounce out as he's racing around? And it yes. was the most exciting thing ever. Because we were, <laughs> we were actually running bets on whether it would stay in or not. And it stayed in. That's great. I know. It was on the brink so many times. Um, I want to bring back the milk crate. So here's a question. Does does the milk crate need to be redesigned to make it uh, more a- appealing to bikers? No, I think the milk crate is perfect as it is. And, I mean, part of what you must do with a milk crate is choose the color that clashes the most with your <laughs> color scheme or the bike's. Well, do you think it just became harder to mount milk crates on the bike with how modern frames and pillion seats are designed? That's part of it. If I could fit a milk crate on top of my top case, that would be awesome because it's already got the holes in it. It's you know, that is a good point because efficient. think of all the bikes, Emma, like the bikes in like the 70s and 80s and they had those luggage racks yeah. that were milk crate sized. Begler yeah. has his hand up. Yeah. You know, I, <clears throat> I think one of the, the drawbacks about the milk crate is that it's open. And you can't lock stuff in it because, you know, like our sponsor, you know, sponsor was mentioning earlier, you know, there's a lot of theft going on. Mm-hmm. So what if you could design a milk crate with a lockable lid? You then know? it becomes mm-hmm. a top case. 
Yeah. Right. It's but just, it's just well, milk, milk crates with some locks attached. Here's the advantages there of milk go. crates. And I want I want oh, to yeah. oh, oh wait. Two milk crates attached together mm-hmm. and set them up as panniers. Oh, there like a clamshell. Oh, yep. that's interesting. So I want to rem- and, yeah. it's like the ultimate KLR thing. I want right to remind people go. the advantages of milk crates. First of all, Holes. because of all the holes, you can <laughs> strap anything yep. to it. Bungees yeah. can fit anywhere yeah. you need. Yep. True. And my my famous story is I one time went to the hardware store on my CX500 with milk crate on the back. And I carried home 10-foot sticks of PVC that I shoved through the holes on my milk crate. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've got a milk crate uh, redesign idea. Yeah. A milk crate, but it's like one of those laundry baskets that can fold up so you can mm-hmm. stick it on oh. the side of your bike or in your top case mm-hmm. so that you can have that extra storage the minute that you need it. Yeah. Well, you need to patent mm-hmm. that, nice. right? Like right now. The, yeah. the other right advantage that. of milk crates, if you guys haven't figured it out, they're the perfect size to put a Chinese to go container down in. You know, you know they what work I mean? For a six pack of beer. You got too. your bag of Chinese food and it drops right down in. Yes. Yeah, and a pack. pizza on top fits really well too with the ability to. Yes, exactly. Size. I've done that before. You put stuff on top and you can strap to it. Um, Emma, what? What are some of the other advantages of a milk crate? Oh, you can easily hose it off. Exactly. I mean, they're virtually indestructible. Um, yeah. And if it breaks, you just steal another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got less wind drag, too, because of the holes. Because yeah, exactly. of the holes, Ooh, yeah. the wind passes through. Right. And it's not just dragging a side wind. It's a lot more stable than uh-huh. a top case. Uh-huh. Why do you think they went away? Because people made fun of us. Yeah, I think I you know, I think ultimately it was a shaming thing. I I think the KLR is actually the last great milk crate host. Well, but like so where do you put a milk crate on my Ninja four hundred? Well, you need to have a shad rack. Yeah. Same yeah, but for any like, top case. The racks are the expensive part of the top case. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, you drop a little bit more money and you have the box. A GS you can put one on a GSA, right? Don't they have a rack in the back? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. you can put one on my Tenere. There's a flat spot. No, but I think a Ninja 400 with a milk crate on the back would be epic. I'm, I'm, We've got to bring the milk I crate wanna back. I want to encourage That's people to bring the milk crate back. I yes. want to start this I should, movement. Yes, should put one on the track bike. You know what I need to do? That, um, you grab a beer when you're in the middle of the track. Yeah. The, <laughs> it's full of speed holes. I need to fill <laughs> at Cleveland Moto if you are listening. Because I'm, I'm buying the uh, Benelli uh, 135 from him for vintage days. And I already asked him to put knobby tires on there. Do they make a rack I could put on that that I could put a milk crate on? Because mm. that would be the ultimate oh, that vintage days bike. Great for yes. the swap meet there, too. I have a milk oh, crate yeah. idea. Milk crate fairings. It adds more airflow so oh. that the bike is going to stay nice oh, and cool. And it's also going to offer you the protection that we know milk crates will stand up to the test of the ground oh, as so we have ridden them. So they're so, like crash bars. Yeah, so milk crate crash bars. Fairings. Exactly. Oh. So, Phil, if there is a luggage rack for that Benelli, please add that to my bill (laughs) i will take one please i think that is you know what and i think that might be a great military bike too a little like grom or benelli or the z125 with a milk crate on the back talk about fuel efficiency right yeah small yeah but is the milk crate big enough for the dog (laughs) it's big enough for a mortar depends on your dog (laughs) 
Uh, little I think, I think, exactly I think that I is also the ultimate military vehicle. A milk crate? I think, uh, <laughs> what if, what, yeah. It's a, no, but uh, the small bike with knobbies and a milk crate. I like the Done. idea of using it, just the grom as a propulsion system well, so think, you can just add more groms. If you've got a bigger <laughs> thing you need to move, you just add a grom or link two. Link them together, right? I think, yeah, just I, link them together. I think the key here is... We already know, having been to Vintage Days, how to design the perfect bike for Vintage Days. It's the same thing you need for war, basically, right? If it's perfect for Vintage Days, it's perfect for war. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Seriously. <laughs> just put some like logs on it and you have some armor. I've just come up with a perfect military bike. So you take a Grom mm-hmm. and then you take another Grom and take the back wheel out of the other Grom. Mm-hmm. And then weld the swing arms together yep. so that one is facing forward and one's facing backwards. Okay. And then you have the sprockets and you have two sprockets. Is this aligned. like a push me pull you? Yes. Okay. And it's, you can have a, so, and then the one at the back that's facing backwards, you'd have, you'd have to do the cam timing so the engine ran backwards. Yeah. So they'd both be driving the center wheel. And then you could ride it into battle. And then if things got too hot to handle, you just turn around and retreat without having to turn around. And then if you're feeling brave, you just turn around and ride it back again. Well, on that thing, then we could just do one half as a diesel and the other half as a zero engine. But, and we're ooh, good to go. But no, where do you got our, our, uh, our stealthy But one where do you put the it. dog? That the there no wait no hold on you can't do that there's nowhere to put the milk crate if it has two front ends no rear end come on Emma. you could do it at the joint between the two bikes yeah, yeah. or you could have the milk crate at the front and exactly. the milk crate at the back because the holes milk you can look through the holes look, I, I'm serious when designing a, a bike for war one of the things I needs to be do, be able to do is beer run yep that's how you're going to keep the soldiers happy right right and get, making sure their hair gets cut. Yeah, so <laughs> a barber on a grom with knobbies and a milk crate full of beer. There you go. Are you drinking beer, Bagel? Yes, indeed. What are you Cheers. drinking tonight? Cheers. I'm drinking uh, Prohibition Ale. Oh, mm. very nice. From Speakeasy yeah. Brewery. Delicious stuff. So, um, lug. Emma? Yes. I have a question for you. And I have an answer for you, darling. I hope so. Um. Emma, as we were disem- disassembling the engine, yes, uh, when we pulled out the cam chain tensioner, yes, it made me think. Um, tell me why? Ain't nothing <laughs> but a heart. It's a break, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the cam chain tensioner, the thing is pushing against the chain, which is constantly turning. Yes, doesn't wear out faster. I don't understand. Ah, well, there's a variety. How it doesn't just there's, grind it away. There's a variety of reasons for that. Ooh. So the <laughs> the blades that the cam chain actually rubs rubs against mm-hmm. are made of a very very strong material, and it's um it could be a very strong plastic like Delrin, um. They have used a paper composite material in the past, which is basically crushed up. What? Um, yeah. That blew my mind when you told me that. Yeah, no, it's it's like a phenolic resin, mm. and it's like resin mixed with like wooden paper products, and it's extremely dense. Mm. You know, Chrysler used to make carburetors out of that stuff. Oh, wow. Called the Thermoquad. Oh, had a wow. had a wood body. 
Um, but the the thing to remember, and I'll tell you this, Laser. Tell me why. When you consider a cam chain blade, yeah, it is a blade. It's quite a long thing. It goes all the way from the crank up to the cylinder head. And the cam chain is running on it full length. So it's not point contact. Oh, so okay. Think so think about that. Spreading, well. There you go. It's spreading where? Oh, interesting. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, that's always something I'm like, how, yeah, how is it not just grinding it away? I mean, we know, like, if you get anything near your chain on your bike, it's just going to grind it well, away. Well, so if you were to pull that cam chain tensioner blade out, start your bike and just kind of push the end of the blade into the chain, it would chew it up mm. because it's point contact. But that's not how cam chain tensioner blades work. They work by being molded to the exact shape of the run of the chain. Mm -hmm. And so the chain is rubbing on the entire length of it. It's a very clever design. And manufacturers do often screw up. I mean, Honda in the 1970s fam famously had terrible cam chain tensioners. And even the mighty Jaguar in the late, eight, late 90s, the 98 first generation XJ XJ8, had the most terrible cam chain tension. KLR has a horrible cam chain tensioner. Yeah, and they just break. Harley Davidson's too. The twin cams, the tensioners break up because they molded the plastic out the wrong stuff. So, hmm. Okay, yeah, that was something. Uh, you know, when we get into the engine, it's always I always come up with all these like questions, like, how, wait, how does that? And wait, and back to the thing with the paper. Was it like uh, like an epoxy resin or something? What was it? How how is the paper? come into play is it just like the binder yeah it's just a binder for the resin just a binder you see i mean it's you, what's the binder in uh, glass fiber fiber glass thank you <laughs> yes <laughs> you know it's just it's resin and and strands of, of right. glass glass fiber hmm. yeah yeah and and resin with uh, wood fiber is what they used to make uh, trabants out of. There you go. Oh, that's right. Duroplast, they called it. Right. The, yeah, I, I remember when um, Matt ha had his trabant and he got in an accident. And the car just exploded, basically. Yep. <laughs> Didn't James roll one? Well, they got T-boned and it yeah. flipped and somehow they were fine even though the car was made of fiberglass. <laughs> Not fiberglass, <laughs> cardboard. Yeah. yeah. Um, cardboard. You know. And resin. But yeah, they're very lucky to be totally fine from that. Mm -hmm. I Somewhere on YouTube, I wish I could remember what it was called. There is footage of them doing the final fit and finish on Trabants in the factory in mm -hmm. the 1970s. It is the funniest thing you have ever seen because <laughs> it's all these long-haired East German louts with giant rubber hammers just pounding the crap out of brand-new Trabants, doors and hoods. And they're like, does it so fit? They, fits now. Yep. So they fit properly. And what, this one guy's <laughs> giant man, he's got like his feet are like in violin case-sized boots and he just knees into the front of the car and just pulls the hood. And then that doesn't work. So then he just pounds on it and slams it a few times. And it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. But, you know, hey, they leave the factory. Mm -hmm. Trabants are great when you put the Hayabusa engine in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I got, oh, I got an announcement. Hey, if you have not yet checked out our new website, motorcyclesandmisfits.com, I redesigned it. Uh, I've been selling shirts. I got shirts for sale there. If you want one of the new shirts, uh, you can buy it. It's in the store. But I also have some leftover, a few leftover of our old shirts for only 10 bucks. What a deal. Um, Check it out. I got pictures up there. I've got links to our videos, all sorts of stuff. Uh, I keep coming up with more things i got to add to it but and yeah just consider it's not just a t-shirt it's the only item of clothing you will wear that just changes your social standing the moment you put it on <laughs> i mean look at me yeah exactly, exactly. well in fact <laughs> bagel you're looking very good people can't see um and now i'm going sh- to share something with the room that no one else can see um our friend robert got his shirt in and he sent a picture of him wearing his shirt. And but also, else. but no, but also it's a little bit of a top tip. He was on the ground um, putting a tire on his wheel and his glasses were falling off. So he came up with a solution to keep his glasses. Oh, that's brilliant. From that falling off. Absolutely I'm gonna, brilliant. I'm going to share it around. I hate when that top top tip from Robert is he took some. Oh, superb. <laughs> he took some painter's tape and taped the glasses <laughs> nice. to his forehead. Nice. <laughs> the struggle is real. On Painter's that. tape doesn't leave residue. <laughs> yeah, I need to do that. Robert, you're brilliant, brother. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, so yeah, and that's we, funny. And I should point out a valuable fashion tip also. A top tip? Well, A top tip, putting blue tape on your face, always edgy. <laughs> I love it. But he looks so good in the T-shirt. Um I've got some more top tips from our friend Cam. And he says, I've been putting together my DL-1000 lately, and I thought maybe I could share some little tricks for making broken parts work again. Real recycle, reuse ideas. We like those. Mm -hmm. He said, I decided to try and save money and not replace the cracked plastics or even the brake and clutch levers that were broken because I had spent so much on other parts already. So he says, here's what I did for the cracks and splits in the plastic parts. And I've never done this, so this is a good tip. He used steel window screen and a soldering iron to strengthen the backside of the crack. Hmm. Just held the pieces in place while pressing the screen into the plastic with the hot iron. So it just melted it in. He says, you can still see the crack from the front, but it looks like a scratch, and it's as strong as ever. It's a good idea. I did this to to repair the rear fender, both side covers, and one hand guard, too. That's a good tip. As for the levers that broke, uh, um, that broke, he, the ends, you know, the balls on the end, he, um, they were still functional, but just shorter and without the ball end. So he just drilled, tapped, and bolted the ball back onto the end of the lever. It'll never come off now. He also, this one is good, you guys, pay attention. He also made a big backrest support and milk crate mounting bracket. Yes. Nice. This afternoon that he's pretty proud of as well. Just a quarter inch plate of aluminum with a bend and some holes in it. He says, I didn't spend any more money than I had to on this bike because I plan to put some off-road tires on it and try to get used to its weight and power in the fields when minimal traction is available. So I may just drop it a time or two. Um, something else that he learned that saved cash was not replacing the twisted up handlebars said Honda ATC 185 handlebars are the exact same size and shape as V-Strom bars. 
Wow. Mm. Really thunk it. He said he had an s- old set of bars in his barn, so and they were even chromed. He just had to drill new alignment holes for the controls, and that was it. Uh, he says, I'm not sure what tires I'll put on the bike yet, thinking maybe... Uh, oh, uh, 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 I don't know this name. Is it supposed to be Atlas? Is He says Analyst Capris. Is that supposed to be Atlas? I'm not sure. Analyst Capris are kind of big blocks, which I'm, I'm happy with, will likely depend on price. Any suggestions? I would like to feel out a 3070 tire on the road a bit too, ride it to work and back a few times. Um, so... Yeah, I like the big block tires. I feel really comfortable on all my bikes with big blocks in turns. I've never felt uncomfortable. I I think because he is clearly an avid DIYer, Mm -hmm. he should get some ball tires and just glue big like blocks of rubber on it and make his own big block tires. I was going to go to the opposite and say just to carve out his own blocks. Artisanal 7030 tires. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, and he sent some pictures of all his repair work, so thanks for that. I um, love the idea of those screens. That's absolutely That is a great idea. Is a great idea. Something yeah. with yeah. the levers. You can buy lever savers for pretty cheap that are just a piece of rubber that will go over the end of your current lever with a little ball end, takes a sharp end off, and makes your levers last a lot longer. Ask me how I know, being a motorcycle safety instructor, <laughs> oh, yeah. having people drop their bikes at least once a class. Here's, here's yep. a top tip. As a repairer of motorcycle training bikes, mm-hmm. I can attest that probably half the bikes in the fleet have lever savers on them. Oh, yes. We are good, very good friends with lever savers over here. All right, John, what you got there? All right. <clears throat> so this is from Aaron Jestrab. Hey, Aaron. Okay. So, all right. I just got to say, putting a small screen in this little garage and having your YouTube videos playing is... Hey, thanks for watching our YouTube videos. And the background on this lovely 20-degree day in Tennessee is quite awesome. Ooh. It was 70 degrees yesterday. Great motorcycle (laughs) weather. And today, five inches of snow. Gotta love Tennessee weather. Yes, I'm from Tennessee. But lose the accent. Dad was born in northwest northwest Iowa. Mom was an Air Force kid and traveled the world. So I sound a bit more like I don't want to say that. Okay. I am <laughs> <laughs> um, finally getting around to tackling the valve check and possible uh, adjustment on my O5 V Strum. Thank you, Miss mm-hmm. Emma, for your kind email with a bit of helpful information. You are amazing. Yes, she is. Bike has yes, I am <laughs> twenty three thousand miles and lots of nice farkles. I'm a, I'm especially proud of the electrical work I've done on the little dash plate I made for it after I broke these Italian made ones. I got the shirts you guys sent. Love them and thank you very much. Love you guys and your shows are the most amazing group of individuals in the whole bunch. The whole bunch of you. Oh, uh, thanks. Keep it straight up and on two wheels or one. Y- y'all have a good t- good one now. Included are some pictures. Thank you, Aaron. That was awesome. Uh, let me see those pictures. And go. I want to see what you chose to... T- what? So, uh... Charlie, while she's looking at that... Oh, <laughs> I see why you didn't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you guys, I'm seeing another perfect bike that we're talking about. I'm all over it. Do you see the red one in the yes, corner? Yes, I was, was going to break in and say this. See that red one yeah, in the corner? No, the same left, one. Left, no, left, left, no, left, left. The Adventure Scooter. Yes. The Honda Adventure Scooter. That's the one. No. No, Mike is shaking her head no. Why not? I don't like anything that I don't have a tank to hold on to it. So I'm oh. just not a scooter yes, person. that with a milk crate. Maybe the milk crate. Uh, that, I mean, like. that basically is the DCT 
Exactly. Anything where if I go over a bump, my, bump, my throttle goes, whoa, with my hands, I'm not interested in. She's calling you out, baby. Okay, but we're not mm-hmm. sending you to war. <laughs> um, I think that's a great bike to have right there. Emma, mm. do you have something to read? I do indeed. This is from Kelly Birch. Hey, Kelly. And he said, and apparently this is for me, Emma Darling. A number of months ago, on one of the podcasts, you shared that you were sad to hear of the passing of Neil Jameson. Mm-hmm. I had never met Mr. Jameson, nor ever had been to his little museum in Pacific Grove, which is truly sad considering I live in Squartz Valley, just up the road from Recycle Garage, and a few short miles from PG. All this is true. Yesterday, I went on a wonderful pilgrimage. I got on to my 2013 Thruxton Mm -hmm. and rode down to Carmel Valley and had a wonderful time introducing a friend of mine to the Moto Talbot Museum. Uh, Cool. As I pulled out of Moto Talbot, I recalled you mentioning there was a museum in PG. I decided it was just a short couple of miles over, which indeed it is, so ventured to find it. What a lovely gem. That is such a wonderful place of history. It is such a charming little museum, isn't it, Liza? Mm -hmm. Anyway, Bob, my friend Bob, who apparently is the president of your fan club, (laughs) (laughs) was a wonderful host and gave me some great history to some of the bikes there. I'll tell you the truth, however. The bikes he was most proud of there are the ones that you put your spanner to. Oh, that's very sweet. I wish I had the opportunity to meet Neil before his passing, but thank you for your introduction to his legacy. And I swear one of these Sundays I need to drive down the road to meet you all. Um, Last week I had the um, honour to be invited to uh, a memorial for Mr. Jameson, which was held at the museum. Mm -hmm. And I will share with everyone here, because a lot of people got up and made speeches and some mm-hmm. were quite long-winded and some talked, I, I suspect, more about themselves than about Neil. And I was asked to speak. And I wanted to keep it short. And I stand by the words that I said. And it was very, very simple that every single person who knew Neil their lives were better because he was in their life. Mm. Mm. He was an amazing man. He was a wonderful collector of motorcycles. He was a wonder, wonderful curator of motorcycles, and I miss him terribly to mm. this day. Mm. And there's never a day that goes by when I don't spend a little bit of my day thinking about Neil. And I have to ask, is the museum secure in staying? The museum is indeed secure. Okay. Um, the entire collection has been turned over to Neil's daughter, Stacy. Okay. Who is very, very keen to preserve her father's legacy oh, and great. to preserve the museum. And changes are coming to the museum. So yeah. a lot of the shabbier bikes are being booted out. Um, oh. m- more of the bikes in there are going to be restored. And more of the bikes in there are going to be running and running well mm. because we we have neglected the fact that some of them aren't running anymore. And one of the things I was proudest of when I was curating the museum is virtually every bike in there was a running bike. Do you have any interest in getting the Triumph back? 
My triumph? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. It belongs in the museum. Okay. The Bonneville? Yeah. It's not that old, right? Uh, it's no eight. Yeah. No, I think, you know, that bike, I I had my fun on that bike. It was a pivotal bike for me for a number of reasons. Um, I got it, I believe, as pretty as you could get a 2008 mm-hmm. Bonneville to get. And it belongs there now. Okay. Same with the water buffalo. Yeah. You know, so many people have said, and that water buffalo put me on the map in yeah, the, the classic problem, bike community. The only problem with that water buffalo are the mirrors. Without the little S on them. <laughs> oh, I got some <laughs> since then. Um, Ooh. Yeah. But, she told me the one thing is not perfect on it. I have to bring it up every time. <laughs> you know the other, but the, the other true music. thing. I think it belongs in the it belongs in the museum now and not in my hands. Yeah. The other museum I really like is the one in uh, if it's still there. One in um, Solvain. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, they've got a Nimbus. Yeah. I mean, dear yeah. God. Yeah. There is yeah. a Nimbus in California. Amazing. Yeah, he print. has a VR one thousand. Of yeah. course, I, he's got some amazing one that BMWs. My friend too. Bob owns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, do you have something? Wait, there's a VR1000 there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a VR1000 and a Briton? Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. A lot of money. He has a lot of mm-hmm. money. That's exactly right. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Well, last time we were down... Wait, you were with us, weren't I you? I know, yeah. When I'm like, I kind of insisted, because I've learned... They always have a back room. <laughs> yeah. Not everything is on display at the same time, and you have to kind of keep prying and asking to so see the back room. So where is the back room? I got to see it. Where, did, didn't we see it when we were there? I got to see the back room. Or was yeah. What yeah. was in the back room? The VR1000 was oh. in the back room. The Briton was out in the front. Yeah. Yeah. The always has, asked to see the back room. The Briton has so many more fun colors on it, though. Yeah. No, there was uh, there was cool stuff there. All right, what do you got? All right, it says, um, hey, Liza, not sure if you remember me, but I came down before the apocalypse hit back in 2017, <laughs> LOL, and was honored to be in the audience for the show. So hey. back when we did a popcorn gallery and didn't have five people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I was wondering if you could share some thoughts on the Triumph Rocket GT. I'm considering buying one, Ooh. given that you and Emma have both worked on countless bikes i was wondering what your opinion was um please share your thoughts on the good the bad the ugly oh and please tell emma i said hello thanks emma there's a picture if you want to see remember Um, and there's a picture of when we did we did a westcliff ride yeah there's andy in the background i noticed so i'll be honest wow yeah i don't know anything about the triumph rocket three other than it's one of those bikes that if you have a chance to own it, you should own it. Yeah, and I mean, I it's think... Just, it's, it's a bucket list, check that off the list bike. It's an engine with wheels. I go, ah, oh, I go burr. No, 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 no. What, <laughs> what size are they now? Is it 20? Is this 2,500 now. I thought they were... Yeah, okay, so 2,500 cc. Yes, yeah, Charlie, 2,500 cc bike. Yeah, it goes burr. <laughs> so, there's... And funnily enough, there is nothing massively complex about it. It's just a big brute of a of a bike. I highly recommend you get one. My only mm-hmm. argument against the old Rocket Three that was a twenty three hundred twenty three hundred yeah. was they they were a little peculiar looking. Um, These are beautiful, 
But the G, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 GTs and the sports are amazing looking. Yeah, bike. they are great looking, and they're only, I mean, comparably, only twenty three seven. I mean, well, compared I mean, to like compare a Harley, that a, to Harley, exactly, money. or or a GSA. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a good bike. There's, it's cool. There's <laughs> the thing I like. There's a locomotive look about mm-hmm. them, which yeah. I think is very appealing. Um, yeah, buy it. You'll you will not regret it. And in fact, how, and bring it here and let us ride what's it. What's the value like on those? Has the value gone up like it does on some bikes? Like, no, no, no. You can you can you can pick up early Rocket Threes quite cheaply. Okay. It's like um, Valkyries. You know, it's very singular bike like a Valkyrie. I always like those too. Yeah, Valkyries. They're kind of they're a little peculiar looking, but they're yeah. they're a good looking bike. But you can pick up a decent Valkyrie for about five grand these days, same as an early Rocket 3. Well, and they're just not, like, super desirable. Like, they really need some of that wants to buy one. Right. Right. Well, if you look at all of the very large, extremely large displacement bikes, like like over, uh, I mean, over 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 standard. Like, no. Well, I mean, uh, any of the large bikes, this is one of the best looking. I mean, when you're talking, like, the Boss Haas, the Valkyrie. This like there's a certain there's a, a, how big's a Diablo? Uh, I don't think it's that big. No, it's not. But that the big. ones that are like extremely big, this is the best looking. And a yet. lot of thought went into it. And make no mistake, you know that um, Rocket Three engine's been around for nearly yeah. here's twenty a, years. Here's a 2011 for sixty nine. Yeah, there you go. Nice. What? Yeah. Wow. Cool. So yeah, I I put my stamp of approval on that. So eighteen for thirteen nine. That's yeah. 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 And I mean That's, if you don't like it, you could just sell it. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, you know, No, I think I think it's cool. And you know there's something very special, even after all these years about English bikes. Mm-hmm. Every English bike that run rolls off the line, there's something there's something quite special about it. And I'm not just saying that as a Brit. Um, and you want to talk about f- true future collectibles, that's it. I mean, you got to give it to the Triumph company for keeping that same je ne sais quoi yeah. from the old company to the new company. Right, exactly. I mean, when you ride a Triumph, when I sit on my Trident and ride it down the road, if it doesn't blow up, <laughs> um, you feel so special on a Triumph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you really are. And you pull up at a bike night on a Triumph and it's, oh, it's a Triumph. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, get it. I usually get crazy limey <laughs> and stuff So like get it that. and ride it here so we can all take turns. Absolutely. Well, no, get it and ride it here and come down and say hi because yeah. it's been five years. Yeah. yeah, come on back. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got one there for us. Yes. Uh, this is from Parker Pribino or Pribino. Hey, Parker. Uh, hello, Misfits. I was wondering what you carry on your bikes for a toolkit. What are ah. your must-haves? I have attached a picture of mine. I'll be adding a CO2 tire inflator, and I also carry a compact socket set on out-of-state trips. Um, just before I continue on with this email, I want to mention airline tubing has become part of mine in case you or your friends run out of uh, fuel. You can mm-hmm. siphon it from one bike to another. <laughs> Jeremy. Um, multiple <laughs> times on our trip uh, and you can get it for like three dollars on Amazon so that's a good um, one for me this could be a whole I'll tell you topic. the mm-hmm. the best tool that I carry is Jim's phone number 
Oh, I carry one. Emma's. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, on a completely unrelated note to emergency bike repair, I recently re- reacquired my first motorcycle. Uh, when I was 17, cool. I sold it back to the person I had originally purchased it from. <laughs> It then sat outside without being touched for eight years. After a tree fell on it, I was told that I could just come and take it. Otherwise, it would be scrapped. I'm happy to say after a good bit of work, it's now back on the road. Hmm. Unfortunately, it will never be a good, reliable bike again. There are some angry gremlins in the electrical system, among other issues that aren't worth the time slash money to repair. I'm good with electrical and like sketchy stuff, so I don't mind. Uh, And then it says in parentheses, see light switch ignition just mm. behind the carburetor um <laughs> i'm also lucky enough to have another bike that is reliable to take on trips this bike has now been named little sketchy thanks guys little, parker little sketch- you know you know what that bike is a perfect candidate for milk crate yep. absolutely yep. Yes. i read light switch ignition just behind the carburetor when i was reading the email <laughs> before reading it aloud and my eyes just went so wide <laughs> Um, but he wants to know about tools. Emma, do you carry tools on your bikes? Funnily enough, I rarely do. Yeah. Um, I, I've i gotten into the habit, and, you know, it, it's from my days as a commercial driver, I always do a pre-trip on a bike, just as I do a pre-trip on my coaches. And so I make sure the brakes work, make sure the tires, mm-hmm. uh, tires are inflated, the chain's tight, blah, 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 blah. And, I mean, these days, bikes have gotten a lot better. Yeah. And I think, with the exception of a puncture, I'm not sure what kind of catastrophic failure. And I'm talking about bikes yeah. that you know are reliable. Well, and like that's where a puncture kit and a way to... Right, right, right. But aside from that... Well, it depends if you're riding the street or out in the, in the dirt. Also right out in the middle of nowhere. So um, he does have a um, Allen set on his thing, but I really love what I use all the time from our um, bike repair kit is our socket Allens. Having mm-hmm. that easily accessible is super easy, and we just have a little bag with our socket yeah. set, and then our so normal sockets and our socket Allens. Incredible. So I'll be honest, I don't. I ha- I own a bunch of like tool kits right. for motorcycles. I tend not to take them because when you just like i'm gonna just grab a leather man it's never enough to do the job and then i go down a rabbit hole of bringing too many tools right you start thinking of all the things and i'll be honest the last few times i thought i should just take something just in case yeah. it's never been anything more than zip ties and duct tape right so on my that's it adventure bike which I built a pretty substantial little toolkit, but I'm riding it in scenarios that like I might be away from people mm-hmm. and I know I may crash the bike and actually need to do repairs to get home. And so that I have a Leatherman on the bike. I have like a little stick of JB weld. And then I like to keep uh, metallic zip ties. Yep. Um, so you yep. can like zip tie to onto an exhaust and then I'll carry like some safety wire. Yeah. Um, Cause the reality tape. is I think for most of us, we're not going to actually yeah. repair the bike. You're trying to, you're trying to get home. You're trying to get, get home um, and duct tape and zip ties. Yep. Often those metal ones, to, are, those metal ones are fire. And, yeah. You got to get those. I absolutely agree with Liza. You know, it's so easy to get caught into the like, Oh, I'm just going to take the Leatherman. And then before you know it, you've got this giant toolkit on the back yeah. of your bike. I mean, and it's, it's too yeah. much. The and best thing in Charlie's uh, 
quote repair kit is his Garmin inReach so right, that yeah. he can Absolutely. send me a text that Maybe he that, needs me to pick him up or yeah. that he can call a hel- helicopter if he needs it. However, yeah. and a credit card and a mm-hmm. AAA card. I will mm-hmm. tell you what I do carry on all of my bikes in the trunk of my beloved Jag mm-hmm. and every other vehicle I own. It's first aid kit. Yep. 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 I also have that. I have that too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every single one. Because at the end of the day, if you yeah. crunch your bike, it's a phone call away. Or, you know, go get help away if you're not in. But if you, theoretically, you could cut yourself badly enough on Highway 25. Yep. And you know what will fix that? that you Duct tape. W- that you would bleed <laughs> out yeah. before um, help arrives. So mm-hmm. you need a decent first aid kit. And yeah, that might just mean duct tape yeah. and a ripped part of your jeans. And helicopter insurance is awesome to have and very cheap. Right. A good yeah. one is eye wash because the motorcycle has yep. chemicals. Hmm. Yeah. I'm on my like KTMs, um, just a little folding Torx uh, kit will do, will tighten most things up. But um, yeah. I've never really, I don't think we've pulled out toolkits very often and had to actually like fixing so much. I had to fix something on my friend Prima's bike. Last weekend, when we were doing a little adventure ride, he dropped it. And how the fuel one, the gas tank has two fuel lines, and one of them goes over whatever. And it, he dropped it and like it touched the engine, and it melted it. So we actually had to like patch like the fuel line. And then we actually broke it more and then <laughs> used JB Weld on like the T fitting. But you know, that got us home. Yeah. When I was in the desert mm-hmm. with Jim, JB Weld saved me because I yeah. punctured a side one of my timing case covers and it was squirting oil. Um, um, I especially recommend Steel Stick, which cures in an hour. Yeah, yep. that stuff's great. Mm. Yep, that stuff is great. And so we actually we use the Steel Stick, and then we just like let it sit for like an hour, so it would cure in time because the fuel was rotting through. Then you don't want the Steel Stick getting in your engine. Yep. But, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad you agree with me. I'm a, I always go down the rabbit hole of trying to bring too many tools. Yeah. The reality is. Yeah, don't. Yeah, your credit card is the yeah. best tool, right? I also I still say that air airline tubing that was yeah. such That's a great a thing one. to have, and it's it packs up super super tiny. It's super super cheap, and just having some clear tube that you can get mm. gas from one bike to another. Also, just a great object- tiny thing to have. Just objectively looking, like what am I going to be doing today? Like when we've used airline tour tubing, we were basically touring with friends, yeah. and one of them had a smaller gas tank, so we had a siphon. You know, and look at possible like scenarios, and it's like if I'm just gonna go to Starbucks or like to Alice's restaurant or like whatever, you're just doing a basic street ride. You don't need. You just need a cell phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it was a good question. Thank you for sending that in. Um, and if you have a question or a tell me why, ain't nothing but a fart ache. <laughs> uh, go ahead and send it to. You have two options now, you guys. You don't know this yet. So recycle motorcycle garage at gmail dot com or motorcycles and misfits at gmail.com can you believe it took me that long to get a simpler email i know i know or or you can just go to motorcycles and misfits.com and click on the contact us button and it'll also a lot of people have been using that i think it's just easier Mm. when you search motorcycles and misfits comes right up um and what else i mean you can follow what what's yours john big thumpers yep BigThumpers.com. Well, guess yeah. what? I've got a link to BigThumpers.com on our website. Wow. 
as one of our partners. I also have a link to not Emma's website because she doesn't have one. Yeah, but, but you can follow me on but Instagram. I found your local chamber of commerce gave you <laughs> gives your information with your address and phone number, and I put the link to that. Yeah, and <laughs> by all means, follow me on on um, Instagram. But, yeah, Emma Booten, nineteen sixty two. E M M A B O O T O N nineteen sixty two. I guess I could put a link for that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's always nice to have friends, and everything I do at Motortown, I pretty much post on Instagram if it's worth posting. Well, do you know know what else there are links to on our website? What? To our trips. Emma, what's the update on your Dolomite? Well, trip? no, I think we have we have finalized the number 18. Um, wow. It's going to be a wonderful trip. Um, I'm so excited about it. We're going to have the most superb time. Hmm. Um, a lot of the people on the trip, it's their first time outside America. Wow. And um, I expect everyone's going to be looking at the Dolomites with wide-eyed wonder, as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be superb. It really is. And I'm hoping, my greatest hope for the trip is that we plant this seed of 18 new motorcycle adventurers. Yeah. Well, nice. speaking of adventures... Stumpy's Land of the Giants. Coming up, man. I'm so excited. Dude, you're going to Pakistan. I'm so excited. So we still got some spots, so if you want to come along, please do. Yeah, and um, you know, something that's happening, I don't know if this is happening with your group, Emma, but I know it's happened uh, with John's and with other people. Flights are being changed all the time. In yep. fact, mm-hmm. I have trips just here domestically. I'm getting notifications they're changing my flights. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm booked to go to like, um, I think, to South Dakota for like two days and like I already got notified. I think I lost six hours of my two days from changing flights. I mean, it's happening all Just the time. Just got to roll with the punches. Just hang in there. Our because honeymoon had the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Buy flight insurance. Yeah. I haven't been doing that. But um, I did for Pakistan. And I still yeah. have some spots open in Chikistan in September. But also, you know what else I have links to there? And this is what I'm getting more excited. You guys, this is such a big year. Such a big year. I think everyone is busting. It seems to get out and go to events. And we're going to be at a lot of events. Coming up next month, the one show. Yep. Mm. We're going to be there on mass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. Yes. We have five bikes. Yeah. Five bikes that are entered. Lucky Charms is in. Oh, Ooh. great. Captain Crunch is in. Heck yeah. The Shovelhead is in. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Michael McCarthy's just fucking awesome sportster mm-hmm. is in. Awesome. And then my trident, the purple, is in. Um, so there's going to be... How many are going? I'm going. Liza, John. Yep. Lila's going. Bagel. Bagel is going to be there. Yeah. Um, Mikey three times is going to be there, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellie, one of the new misfits. Mm-hmm. Ellie's going to be there, too. We're going to be prowling the hallways of the Zydel shipyards <laughs> yeah. looking for victims. Yeah, and here's a little um, a little trick that we do. We're not there in official capacity, but what we've learned is we take a bunch of chairs and we set them up and b- set up a little like a little home base, so we have a place to hang out. So. Um, you know, and I'm getting a banner made. I'll probably hang it up. Right. And usually we're, we're somewhere near the icon um, 
display because our friend Amanda's there and lets us hang out there. So um, I'll give you a top tip is I will be representing Mototown when I'm there because I've got to represent someone. Yep. Um, So look for the infamous baby blue cowboy hat. And if you see the baby blue cowboy hat, I'm usually underneath it. And I'll um, I'll have my Moto Town shirt on, as will my Munchkins. Well, you know where else we're going to be setting up a little home base at the Quail. Yes, yeah. we are. Yes. Yeah. Um. Actually, our friends at Law Tigers are going to be sharing a, great. A, sharing a booth. They with are us. great. So we're going to have a home base there. And then wow. again, I'm going to be at Americade and at Vintage, Vintage Days. Vintage Motorcycle Days. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be there. Haley Bell is coming to Oh, oh fantastic. Oh, nice. Here's the thing. I told Haley, I said, look, one thing you got to know about Vintage Days, there's a good chance that A, you will be blackout drunk at some point. B, you will might be naked. Or C, you might be on fire. Or all, all three at the same time. And she said, I'm in. I'm like, all right. All three of those things sound like things Haley would be down for. Yes. Well... <laughs> Did anybody see that, that mm-hmm. video she posted of the naked, right? Yeah, I'm just her giggling. Oh, and she's just cackling away. And, of course, illuminated in her headlight, my lily-white butt cheeks <laughs> like a beacon. Because, of course, they... Yeah, I didn't realize I was that pale. Yes. But in the headlight, yes, my, my white bottom is completely illuminated <laughs> by a headlight. And there's, of course, Haley just giggling away on... What was she on your KTM, wasn't yeah. she? The 690. 690. We had to clean the seat. But yeah, we're going to be at a lot of events. Just come up and say hi. <laughs> I mean, you know, we don't bite. Yeah. Well, I think Sometimes. Liza bites. But, Liza bites. Um, <laughs> it actually looked like, a, what was it, a lilac what, or a bird of paradise on the seat? <laughs> Oh God! It it actually did. I'm not joking. You saw it, Emma. If you got with the sun behind it, you're like, oh my gosh, gosh. what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I suggest we cut that part out. (laughs) I'm just saying. We like our listeners. We want them to keep listening. (laughs) I'm just saying. We've said way worse things. Yeah. yeah, Are you saying it was like a Giorgio O'Keefe painting? It was exactly that. (laughs) See if she'd kept the pad that you put on the motorcycle on. More like a Jackson Pollock painting. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a big year. Um, big we, year. We want to hear from you guys out there. Uh, send us more pictures uh, with the shirts on. I love that one that he sent us with the tape on his face. Um, <laughs> send us pictures of your shirts and let us know where you're going to be. I mean, John, you were at Daytona. Did you see any misfits? There? I did not. Maybe they didn't know you were upset. there. Well, I saw lots of Harley shirts. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I had a really embarrassing time a while ago where someone had a Miss Emma sticker on their motorcycle, and I was at a track day, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, hi, are you from? Uh, are you a fan of the motorcycles and misfits? I hang out with them. I'm Micah, blah blah." And they were like, "Oh, I just met this lady at a shop. She gave me the sticker." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, cool!" Walking away with my tail between my legs. <laughs> oh. Well, I do give them out, you know. Yes, <laughs> I know who that was. I know exactly. <laughs> was was he riding a black and lime green Triumph? 
Yes, he was. Ah, yes, I know was. who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's a very, very nice young man, but um, I'm sure sort of bound him towards him going, ah, you know, yes. <laughs> well, hey, I wanted to thank uh, Charlie and Micah for hanging Super with fun. us today. Jim wasn't able to make it. Because and... he's lame. <laughs> no, no, because he's lame. Uh, me and Jim are going on a date next Saturday. Well, la, la, la. We're going to well, eat Italian Jim made food me dinner this a... week and it was awesome. Well, tra la la. <laughs> well, we're going to an Italian restaurant and then we're going to burlesque. Let me tell you, Jim Ooh. invited me over to his house and I showed up and he had... One of my favorites, the sautéed uh, Brussels sprouts going, yes. you know, mm. caramelized. Mm. Mm. Nope. And then he had, I kid you not, he had in the, uh, he was baking in the oven, stuffed pork chop. Mm. Oh, God. Then he Ooh. had outside, he had the grill going for the uh, clams and oysters. Oh. And then he also had a table set up with the deep fryer for the uh, deep fried shrimp. And this is just for you Damn. two. That was just me and him. For dinner. So what exactly Having did he feast. want from you? <laughs> I, I was on the seafood duty. He was inside doing other stuff. And I'm like, this is the thing. We both love the same food. And we just sat there. And it's like, when you give me seafood, it's like, this is my job. I'm going to eat it all. You're, you are on the seafood diet. You seafood, you eat it. Exactly. But thank you guys for staying. It's always great to have you guys come back and, and check in. And especially thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Yes. Who are easily the greatest human beings on the face of the planet. By yeah. far. Yeah. And you know how we'll be able to notice them when we're out at these events? They're going to be wearing that new shirt. They are indeed. They are. So and my offer to them, if you are a Patreon subscriber and you have been blocked from doing an Ask Miss Emma because... It's closed. When we're at the one show, come up to me in person with your Ask Miss Emma questions, mm -hmm. and I will answer them on the spot in real time. And especially big thanks to all of our listeners. Yep. I don't know if you guys know this, but we've had an uptick in listens this, uh, this year. Um, and we want to keep growing. So what I'm asking our listeners to do is – share it with somebody um we'd love it if you could do a review whatever uh listening platform you use right or share it on social media but let's get the word out there yep uh, we want to keep growing and providing good content so thank you everyone i love them all you know make sure you like idea. our facebook and go to our youtube and instagram and the tube of views and instantgram remember to like and subscribe you guys that's exactly it well thank you i think it's time to get out of here who knows what kind of storm i've been watching the plants yeah, outside know, waving past the window oh boy so thanks everyone this is dumpy john go ukraine uh emma darling charlie micah bagel and we are out of here cool 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 cool, cool.